Hello and welcome to the Practical Magic Podcast, a weekly dive into ways in which we can live a calmer, more creative and empowered life on our own terms. I'm Kate Taylor, Creativity and Empowerment Coach, and I'm on a mission to help us live an embodied life full of creative expression through my blended melting pot of goodness I call Practical Magic. Welcome to this week's Practical Magic podcast with myself, Kate Taylor, and my special guest, Katie Brockhurst. Katie, clients call her a social media angel, and it's more than a nickname. It's a job description, an ethos, and a mission statement. Like all meaningful titles, Katie's job role as social media angel wasn't chosen. It's evolved through years of hard work and trusting that desire, belief and action make dreams come true. Katie's written a book called Social Media for the New Age, which is all about simple strategies that are authentic and true. Big, big buzzwords and ways of living in terms of social media at the moment and in a way that's doing it in passionate, real and in an enlightened way with you. We've got so much to share on the show today. So whether you are running your creative business or you want to have a more meaningful and healthy relationship with social media, then do tune in. We've got lots to share and sharing from the heart. Katie's going to share a lot and we're going to talk about what the content is of her book as well and top tips for self-care as always. Welcoming onto the show, Katie. Thank you so much for joining me, Katie. Now, I've been following you with much interest for a long time because doing the work that you do in the now age in terms of social media is a really interesting way of looking at how we use social media for good, you know, with all the talk that's going on around how damaging it can be in comparison and the effect it's having on esteem, but also it being an incredibly important tool for how we communicate with each other. Really have been looking forward to getting you onto the show. So thank you very much for coming on. I wondered if you could give the Practical Magic listeners a background into yourself and why you do what you do my love. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me. So social media has been in my blood, I think since really I was a teenager, and I learned about the internet. And when I was at university, I actually came up with a social network with some of my friends, it didn't quite take off the ground because the dot com market crashed because we were about 2000. But then I got into the music industry and really saw the internet MySpace, when MySpace came about as this really disruptive tool that could be used to help artists and DJs get noticed without necessarily needing the big radio stations. And I started to, was got very involved in that side of it and podcasting sort of 2005 and set up my own agency. So I very much grown with social media. But what I saw, I'd say in the last four or five years, I started to work with authors and work with authors in the mind, body, spirit space. And as that role developed, I decided to actually give up my agency and go solo as a consultant. And then through that consultancy, really seeing how everybody needs help with social media as social media has grown. So it shifted from just helping individuals really to helping a wider audience as well and I you know I've just written a book which is part of that piece too. Yeah thank you that's social media for the new age isn't it and we're going to talk a bit more about that but 
it's what you're talking about there, just as I'm picking up on what you're saying, I'm really getting a sense of when you're working with authors and when you're working with individuals, it's really about creating these communities, allowing a space for voice to come through. And there's something just before we go on, I really want to talk about because it's something that really pinged out from your book is about the fact that our words when they're written down are powerful. And I'm, I'm speaking from your book now, our words when they're written down are powerful. Our tones when we speak and sing are powerful. Our stories when we share them are powerful. And our actions when we lead by example are powerful. And that is such a beautiful way of saying that everybody has a voice and everybody's way of communicating, expressing themselves, whether that's through an Instagram post, a Snapchat filter, you know, a Facebook update, whatever it is, is powerful. Yeah, we're going into an age, and actually I was having a conversation with Robert Holden just this week about this, who is like a leadership coach. And we were saying now is the time that everybody can be a leader. We're all being leaders in our own lives. And for me, the social media is a tool that helps all of us lead by example and be like the best versions of ourselves in the world, really. And it's so good to have that as a reminder because obviously there is the flip side of what we're talking about with social media being, um, can be seen as being damaging. And and we'll talk a bit about that a bit more at the moment, but Mm. I wondered if you could talk a bit more about the three really key things you talk about in the book about social media being personal, subjective Mm. and unique. So can you share a bit more about that? with us. Yeah, of course. So the algorithm on Facebook, which now includes Instagram, is trying to get the posts that matter most to the people that they matter most to. And within that, what they're saying and what they say is that the algorithm is personal, subjective and unique. And when I was reading and researching on this, I really, it really made me look at life and everything that we're doing. It's not just algorithms, it's perhaps an algorithm for life, in fact, that everything is personal, subjective and unique. So what I write about is that nobody, no two people are having the same experience of social media as another, which is why all these tried and tested formulas that we're sold by the marketing industry don't work for everybody because it's personal, subjective and unique. Uh, Everybody's version of success is different. Everybody's version of what makes them happy is different. It, it, It is all personal, subjective and unique, which really is a bit of a like a relief and helps me personally with that whole comparison piece, like the more negative aspects of social media, because actually if someone's got 10,000 followers, 100,000 followers, that's their personal subjective and unique journey. That's not mine. And, you know, and the same for everybody else. So for me, it's like actually maybe, you know, having a community of 100 people is better for them than having a a community of a million people because it's all personal, personal subjective and unique. What a relief that is to hear those words because we do get so caught up in it, don't we? Whether you are running a creative business yourself or whether you're out there expressing who you are in the world, we can get so trapped in this comparison of, well, that person's got this many likes and they put something up, you know, they've got these beautiful grid and they're showing Mm -hmm. pictures of their food and it's getting a million likes. I went to a talk with um, Ruby Wax and a, a Buddhist monk and a neuroscientist last night 
And actually, interestingly, out of the three of them, guess who had the Instagram account? Ooh, the monk. He does. Brilliant. I know. <laughs> and and he made so he made a really interesting comment when he was talking about we're talking about how to live mindfully and um, how everything can be mindful, including how you use things like social media. Um, yeah. but he was talking about mindful eating and he was saying about, you know, obviously we talk a lot about people taking pictures of their food, etc. And he said how he finds it really odd that in order to get a validation for the food that we're putting into our stomachs that we have to have somebody to like it first before we feel like we can enjoy it it's a really weird concept and it just came to me whilst we were talking about kind of validation and things being personal subjective and unique that you know okay whatever you want to do however you want to use your channels if it's personal subjective and unique to you then that's all that matters isn't it yeah because because really social media is a tool you know it's a it's a tool for us either to keep in touch with our friends it's a tool for us to um grow our businesses it's a tool for us to be able to talk to many people all at the same time so it it, it's got so many different uses so how we choose to use it is completely up to us and and that's so true and you talk about in the book about creating a platform that you enjoy a community you cultivate and interact with lovingly and having a creative outlet and a practice that supports and I really recognize this because you know I go through phases with running my own creative business that you get a sense sometimes oh my god I've got to be online I've got to be visible I've got to be like posting once a day and it gets really you can get really hard on yourself however when I do look at it you know, when I look at it through that lens of a being a community that I cultivate and interact with lovingly, when I do look at it as being a creative outlet, and I do have a practice that supports, and I do use the platforms that I enjoy, the whole thing becomes so much more of a great and enjoyable and connective space to be in. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's so lovely to hear you say all of that, Kate. Like, it absolutely makes my heart purr like a cat. <laughs> I like that. And just so you know, listeners, we've got Bertie the Bedlington, who is always joining us for the podcast, and he's uh, twitching his nose and tail happily along whilst asleep. So I think he gets that as well. And actually, it's funny because when using things like stories, for example, I, mean, I know we're talking a lot about Instagram, but it's kind of one of the main channels I use. Um, that my grid is almost, a, a, it's a cultivation of my work and my thoughts and my beliefs and my brand and how how I um, get across my my work and how I interact with people who come onto it. It's like shop window, isn't it? But yeah. in stories, Bertie features very heavily because he is part of my life as well. Yeah, absolutely. I know I just brought my cat Crystal down from my mum and dad's oh, this week. Oh, Crystal. I know. And um, I was like, shall I post about her on my Instagram stories? You know, it's so funny, This, this, even this dialogue that we go through in our heads about what should I post about? What shouldn't I post about? And, you know, I think if it is, you know, part of our lives, it's lovely for people to have that little insight yeah but it, it can get a bit like oh this would make a really good shot for instagram stories wouldn't it <laughs> so it oh it really yeah. does you do start thinking in bloody statuses i remember when um <laughs> when facebook first came out and do you remember when that they had the so-and-so is and you had to you know and you were like 
uh, Kate Taylor is feeling this today and you're like oh oh. good lord this is getting beyond ridiculous isn't it I look I look back at 2007 Facebook posts and really I'm like oh dear (laughs) oh god I mean I think memories are just probably one of the worst things for me because you're like did I actually really say that was I oh my god seriously but it's it's quite interesting isn't it to to see the timeline of your stuff if you do go back there and see how your life evolves and how your thinking evolves and how your if you're working with your brand how your brand evolves as well but also our relationship with the internet and how that's evolved you know that's a huge part in just a decade yeah Absolutely. So can we talk a bit about this? Because I'm really interested about how we have them when you talk about the difference in the book, and do go and get it people because it's really bloody good. Talk about the difference between social media ego and social media stole. Can you share a bit more about that? Yeah, so your social media ego to me is that part and and very much I wrote this from my own perspective so the part in me let me just say and I think in most of us that you know creates a post shares it to social media and there's a couple of things that are going on we're either doing it because we want an outcome we're doing it because we're kind of there is an element of us that's wants approval that that part of the ego that needs the validation and it's also the part of us that that wants the likes you know so I would say my social media ego when I create a post and it's not had very many likes in the first two or three hours that then questions whether I should have posted that or whether I should leave that post up that's my little social media ego uh, involved And then the social media soul. So that's the part of you that is literally that part that is sharing from your heart that isn't looking for validation. You just have something you want to share with people that you know that the people in your social media communities are people that love you, that like you, that are your community. It doesn't matter if you get any likes. It's actually just about the act of sharing and hoping that it touches somebody somewhere or not even that, just just a just putting it out into the internet ethers uh, as an energetic um, transference, I guess. Mm, And I really, really resonate with what you're saying there, because I must admit, in terms of my relationship, my energetic and emotional relationship with social media, this is something that I'm really feeling into much more um, around the difference between ego and soul when I'm sharing, because... I've got to the point now where I have to really tune in with my energy around social media, you know, and and I, I like to align that also with where I am in my cycle, you know, so when it's spring and summer, what I'm talking about then, when I'm in autumn and winter, getting much more deep and going into shadow work, etc. Um, but not posting when it comes from a place of ego, not posting when I'm not connecting a resonance to soul because you know energy is energy it doesn't matter which channel you use how you do it whether you're um doing a podcast whether you're writing on a blog whether you're talking to the next person in the street or you're posting something on social media if it's coming from a place of head to head ego to ego people don't tend to connect with it as much as when it comes from the soul do you find this as well yeah, very much so. You you will see it in the engagements and you can see it in others. I mean, this is one of the things that I feel like social media started to lose its soul because so many people were following the formulas. And also we had turned into this selfie obsessed 
kind of crazy. And, and you know, this is part of our journey with it. This is part of the evolution. We kind of went into our adolescence, you know, in the same way that we act up when we're teenagers. I think there's been an aspect of that also going on through our growth into this social media land that we now have exist. But yeah, there's definitely authenticity is, you know, although the words become overused, it is true. So when people share from their heart, people can really feel that they know there's no nothing else attached to it apart from that. I completely agree with you. And I really love being able to use it as a tool for being able to share the way that I feel because, you know, coming as as a coach and working in a world where you're communicating through your brand, but you're also expressing your your um, emotions, feelings, who you are. It's been a real, and, and on my background in marketing, it's been a real leap from going, ah, oh, see my shiny, shiny world, and this is how amazing everything is, to actually, do you know what? This is what I truly believe in. This hasn't been easy. This is where my fuck-ups have been. These are where my failures have been. But I'm going to be really honest with you about that, because why wouldn't I? Because you need to be able to work with the person as a whole, right? And that's where people get it. You know, it's like when people go to my website, they go, oh, you swore on there, you swear on there. I feel like I know you. So people have to get to know the full you. And I think that's the authenticity where brands really can do much better these days, aren't they? So let's talk about No More Filter Factor and that um, that link between authenticity and vulnerability. Can you share a bit more about what you feel about that? If you are a brand or if you are a person who's using social media for your business or if you are a person who's wanting to get more visible out there and you want to be able to communicate but you're worried about doing it in your voice because there's a vulnerability aspect to that well I, I how I feel is that social media is a tool that gives us the ability to literally take who we are in physical form in the third dimension here and and extend ourselves energetically digitally into the digital dimension and reach a lot more people than we'd be able to reach just by in our physical form by being in our digital form now what happens when we create cleverly crafted copy that's not really in our voice it's in a voice we think we're meant to be having energetically that's creating a distortion so then what you're really doing is on the digital dimension you're then calling in for people who are attracted to that slightly distorted vibration of yourself and I hope I'm not getting too esoteric with this but that that's really how I see it so when we're able to really turn up on social media as ourselves as the person that we show up as in a room or in a meeting or speaking on a phone call however we show up in the real world then showing up as that version of ourselves you know, as ourselves online. And then that attracts to you the right followers, the right clients, and the right kind of opportunities. Yes, yes, and yes. And I'll never forget when I was doing Koya teacher training with Rochelle and her saying that when you speak with head to head, you will speak in that language. When hearts connect to hearts, then there's a vibration that shifts. And then, then when you speak from soul to soul, then there's something more deep that can go into it. So it's just about knowing which which part you want connecting with 
and and which part you want to share so what kind of got me a bit crazy recently was how vulnerability had suddenly become this great marketing tool get vulnerable on social media in your email copy and you'll sell more stuff and that like I was like oh yes like vulnerability and authenticity works but then when we're doing it as a strategy is it any longer authentic and vulnerable because we're just doing it for vulnerability's sake like if you're really sharing from the heart like you would in a conversation with somebody because something's come up and you feel the need to share that but then suddenly what I suddenly saw happening particularly everywhere was all these very like getting these emails in my inbox like telling me stuff like I actually didn't really want to hear necessarily as a way to try and then sell me something so we have to be really careful around the vulnerability and authenticity as well that it doesn't suddenly become a strategy yeah I agree and it it's an interesting one isn't it because you know there's going to be a lot of people out there going hang on a minute I've just been vulnerable where's the line here and it is about getting a sense of I guess for me always thinking about who's the person that I am most speaking to and sometimes that person is just me (laughs) you know sometimes it's just me in terms of this is what I'm going through so I know therefore if I'm going through it I'm not going to be alone and if that can tie in with how somebody else is feeling or if I got somebody particular in mind sometimes I'll write a post that is just for another person I may have had a conversation with or somebody may have slid into my dms and, and explained something that's going on and that is for them as well but we ne- we're never alone because one message for one is one message for a lot of others as well, right? Absolutely, it is. Like I had um, something a couple of weeks ago around the sales figures of my book, and I was questioning those sales figures, and I was having a few conversations about it, and and I and it made me feel very vulnerable actually, and I actually decided to share what I was going through in with my Facebook group and with my Instagram stories and it felt super vulnerable to do it but I knew that other authors out there were going through very similar things particularly in the kind of hybrid self-published space and and it felt important to share even though it made me feel quite vulnerable doing so. And I think that's an important point there, Katie, that you raised, because, again, social media can be, well, everything, how it looks from the outside, you know, how people see authors or people who are self-publishing or anything like that. There's an, I guess there's an assumption that, oh, well, you're doing all okay and this is really easy for you and I could never do that because I don't have a publisher behind me or whatever it is, whatever bullshit we make up about why we can't do something or having that fear behind it, letting people into the almost like the you know the back room of what's going on I think is really important because you know I self-published in terms of the practical magic activation deck and the journey is completely different but it was something that I chose to do but it's not an easy route and it's um it's it's an interesting path to take but I think the more that we can share that then it just gives people more choice in terms of how they might want to do something like that as well right Absolutely. You know, I felt that very much with this self-published journey. And it's been an interesting one for me. And again, you know, I do a lot of work for Hay House. So I think a lot of people just assume naturally I would get a book deal with Hay House. And I didn't. So but I had to really go, okay, well, I didn't get the book deal. So do I just not do this? Or do I still do this? And I was like, I've got, you know, my heart was calling me to still do it. And I think, yeah, there's a lot of 
uh, leading by example, like we talked about right at the beginning um, by, you know, you have these creative ideas and you want to make them happen. You want them to come into fruition. So, yeah, I think there's a lot to be said for sharing that journey with others. Yeah, I, I really do agree there. So talking about this, I want to talk about influencers mm. and influencers in in a respect of how you see social media and the power of online community being a force for change or a force for how we can share more about global consciousness, you know, with so much going on and so much up in the air and so much fear and so much <laughs> disruption going on in our worlds. What do you see as the the shift in the power of the influencer and in using social media as a tool to be able to do that? Mm, I mean, it's an incredible tool for us to be able to do that. And I think there's a quote in the book that's how do we be influencers with our social media soul rather than with our social media ego? And for me, that is really about, yes, we're using these platforms to um, market our services or our products, but really we can use them for good. And that good could simply be supporting other people in our community. It could, you know, right down to basics, like we're doing here, I'm coming on your podcast, you're supporting me, we're in each other's social media community you know, they're, they're acts of kindness in, in all in themselves, even just liking and leaving a comment for people. So we can all be influencers, even if we've got a small, you know, smaller platform. But, you know, when we take it to a bigger platform, so I work with uh, Diana Cooper, um, who is one of the Hay House authors, and we've got 175,000 people on her Facebook page. And one of the things that we've chosen to do, and very much this was driven by Diana, obviously with support from me, was we do a, a service video every week which is about supporting the planet and supporting and it might be just sending love to a world leader who's having a difficult time making decisions about something like or we'll send love to what's going on in the UK around Brexit you know and just using that collective energy of a group to to create you know change Potentially. And I, I have another friend um, who I've done some work with is, is Jen McCarty. She runs a group called The Event Is Happening. And that's um, she's grown and that grew very organically from from uh, she started it in March. And she's up to, I think oh, there's about 80,000 people in that group now. And that group has very much come together around supporting the planet through this change that we're going through. And it, it's so beautiful to see that. So you can create influence in loads of different ways. Um, but we have the power of the collective when we're coming together in, you know, on social media and through the internet in a way that we've just never been able to do before. And I've got, I'm just going to just knit to my notes because again, like Robert Holden said something really awesome this week. What was it? Uh, let me just find it one second he said something about like the internet is is basically oneness I think was what he said I can't quite I haven't got the right notebook with me but it is it's that idea that the internet wouldn't exist if oneness didn't exist so if we're part of this oneness then how we show up on social media affects the whole I'm just letting that resonate in because it really is about 
compassion. It's coming from a space of compassion, isn't it? Which doesn't always seem to be the case when I can get stuck into a, a comments hole. And I try not to do it. But you know, when somebody's posted, maybe a celebrity's posted something up, and then you start looking at all the comments, and you can live in your bubble, I suppose, can't you, of the way that you view the world. And then it's quite jarring sometimes to see how other people view the world. Can we talk about social media vortexes and how you can, one, protect your own energy in terms of your relationship with esteem and social media and comparison, but two, talking about how you can, if if we're looking at it from a lens of oneness, how we can look at things with empathy and compassion if people don't have the same views as us. Yes. And I think this comes back to that whole personal subjective unique. We have to accept that on this planet, it's, you know, there are infinite possibilities of energies and people. And, you know, all of us individually are on different journeys. And, you know, who I was 10 years ago to who I am now and how I feel about certain things. So, yeah, this, this compassion word. But we do also you know, there is an element of wanting to protect ourselves. Like I did it in the real world. I was living in London and I found London was starting to feel very stressful because there's a lot of people there and there's lots of different energies all around me all at the same time. And I had to start to protect myself physically. So I realized I needed to move out of the city. And so it's kind of the same on social media. If you see like Facebook is a big city and there's all these people and all these energies, I, you know, chose to move to a town where there's more like-minded people and I kind of feel like it's the same on social media I choose to be in groups where there's more like-minded people and people talk about the filter bubble that that's a negative thing that when we just surround ourselves with the people who think the same way that we do that we then somehow lose the ability to then understand others who have different opinions and I actually feel differently I probably have more room and more space to be compassionate around other people's opinions because I'm really safe and secure in my own um, beliefs and energy and space so when I'm you know I see other people's I can really see it as witness it as theirs rather than let it become mine and hold space for it whether that's online it's not nice though like I see posts and I see comments on things and I can't believe that people will speak to you know people the way that they do on social media I mean it but it is a direct reflection of us as human beings you know because we're the ones who are writing the comments we're the ones so we have to witness it and accept it and I kind of guess send it love really. Yeah, and it's um how you use it because it, it it has two elements to it, doesn't it? I think it's so useful in terms of educating ourselves, particularly as women from white privilege about what goes, you know, really what is going on in the world that we just have had our heads in the sands about for generations, millennia, you know, it's been going on. So it's really important to get yourself educated. And also really 
interesting for getting a different approach and a view to the world. So I'm really fascinated by going in and having a look at, you know, particularly around Brexit and and what's going on, of trying with compassion to see the other side of the story and getting an education through what people, if they're coming at it from a a very um, supported view where there is something that I can learn about that to understand what's going on, you know, why people have different views in the way that they do so that I can fully educate myself as well. This completely discounts hate, it it discounts fear and it discounts bullying. That is just, you know, that there shouldn't be a place for it. Unfortunately, there is. Can we talk about a bit more about protecting yourself online? I love what you're talking about in terms of how you've moved out of a, a physical space to protect your energy and how we can translate that into the social media world. And I echo that myself. You know, I, I love London. I love big cities, but there is a lot of energy going on. And you don't realize that that's happening on social media as well, because energy is energy, whether it's physical or through the airwaves. So how do how, how would you say that people can protect themselves other than just being aware of who's around them? Mm, I mean, it's really interesting. I did this with one of my clients, Karen Rumi. We've done a podcast on this because she was noticing every time she went on Instagram, she was, you know, even if she was just like waiting for somebody for a coffee, she was suddenly like pulled into this whole other world and it was triggering all these different energies within her you know whether it's comparison or whatever it might be you're suddenly in a a whole other world just just by the click of a tap of a button and so what she'd actually developed was like a little process around just becoming really conscious before opening up the phone of what it is she's going into so rather than doing it very mindlessly and just tapping on and going in and then suddenly being bombarded by all these different energies that she's like okay this is this is why I'm going on or just not noticing that impulse to go on and going actually I I don't want to give my energy away to Instagram right in this moment so I'm going to put my phone away so that, that conscious awareness bringing conscious awareness and I do the same I'll have picked my phone up put it down and then you know 10 minutes later you're picking it up again it's like what am I doing that for so starting to become really aware of your own patterns around it and and practicing self-care when it comes to social media so you know we've just had scroll free September which I think was a great initiative and that was like turn your phone off after six o'clock have it on for certain work hours, use this new screen time app that they've given us. Like it's so interesting to see where we're spending our time and how much time we're spending, starting to come really aware of that so we can manage that better. Start to notice which accounts and who trigger you. Like I know again, like triggers become this world, but it's, it is, we get different emotions that different people create for us. So how do we choose when we, you know, we don't necessarily have to follow them. So they're always showing up in our feed. If we want to check in on what they're up to, we can go visit their profile. It doesn't have to mean that we're not interested. It just means we need to manage our energy around that person or that group. Like you were just saying, Kate, you know, you're going and looking at the opposite side of the conversation, but you're choosing when you go and do that. So you're prepping yourself 
before you go in to read that sort of information. So it, it is that consciousness that we bring to it. Yeah, and it, it is um, a pure intention when I do that as well around yes, I'm going in there to find out information. And I do protect myself in that as well. Because if I, you know, like we've talked about, if, if you get into sucked into a wormhole of hate and a, a scroll hole of hate, it's just, it makes you feel dirty. So scroll, scroll hole. hole. I've not heard that. <laughs> <laughs> so there's three things that you're really talking about. Consciousness, intention, and awareness. That's really good. So I just wondered if you could, because I always like to ask my guests that come onto the show, whether you could share with us three of your own tips around self-care and well-being. Self-care and well-being. Yeah, I mean, for me personally at the moment, having real boundaries around yeah, not being online in the evenings and at least having trying my very best to have one day that's tech-free a week. Um, my other big self-care thing is making sure that every day I get to go outside and I walk and I breathe in fresh air and I get away from my laptop or my phone and stuff. And it's harder as the weather's changing, right? But still making that an important part of a daily care practice. And then the third one is really always like tuning back into myself and you know, and that could be meditation, or it could just be sat, having time to to sit and listen to what my heart has to say, whether that's around a creative project, around a client, or around a conversation I've had with a friend, to make sure that I'm, I'm always staying in tune with me, and I'm not picking stuff up from other people, um, because we do have a tendency to do that. So that's another um, one of my self care practices. Wow, thank you so much for that. So that's giving self space, getting grounded in nature and tuning in. Wonderful, wonderful. And just as we round up our chat today, Katie, this has been absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much. But I wondered if you could um this is another one that kind of sets people a little bit like, oh no, I've got to think of something now. Um what would be <laughs> your go-to track that will get you up and dancing when you say you've got a deadline or something you're working on you're like right I'm going to put a piece of music on that's going to get me fired up what would that be oh I love above and beyond and they have, I would say their first full album um is 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 it for me or any of their stuff really it's got a big breakdown and I'm just like whoop 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 oh my god <laughs> I love it I've got a friend, Joni, who's absolutely obsessed with Above and Beyond. And every time that they're playing, she goes and watches them. And uh, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I used to drive them to their gigs. So I'm actually, when I worked in the music industry, the label I worked for released when Jono and Parvo, who are the two of the producers. Um, so I actually, yeah, I'm a bit of a, a fan as well as, as a friend. <laughs> I love that and it's that thing isn't it when you listen to it and it takes you back to a time and it takes you back to a sense and the body gets prepared for whatever's next I adore that well Katie thank you so much for our chat today what I'm going to do is put all of the links to the book and any anything linked to you up onto social media is there anything you'd like to share with the Practical Magic listeners of anything you've got coming up or where you might be or how they can find you oh yeah I mean come hang out with me on Instagram and in Facebook I might 
do a little event in Glastonbury before the event before the end of the year, like an in-person something. So watch this space for that. And yeah, just come come join me. Come say hi. I'd love to speak to you and meet you on social media. Thank you. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, my love. This has been a fantastic podcast. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to this week's Practical Magic podcast with myself and Katie Brockhurst. I hope you enjoyed the show as much as I enjoyed interviewing Katie for it. I'm going to be back next week with more Practical Magic guidance with me flying solo, but just wanted to let you know. So, I've got another Practical Magic weekend coming up. It's in the spring, so 22nd to the 20th. 5th of March on the Isle of Wight and I only put this up last week on my social media channels and five no six places have gone already and we can only have a capacity of nine there so if you are interested in coming along for a weekend of blissful meditation delicious food uh, everyday activities in terms of getting out in nature and moving your body and tuning into yourself and then generally slowing down because I think we can all do with a bit of that then do come and join me on the Isle of Wight you can find out more on my website katetaylor.co go to the speakings and events page there's loads coming up at the moment and I will look forward to meeting with you IRL